0: Joe and Duncan, can you please help us out and uh, cleanse the studio of any coronavirus demons left in here? Please, help us out. Oh. Demons, be gone! Be gone, demons. Be gone! Leave this studio! Leave this planet. Leave our universe! Leave.
1: your boots up come on now brody what's the strategy roll the dice out win to lose don't be mad at me heard your last play turned out to be catastrophe even out the odds it ain't worth another casualty all right
0: <laughs> welcome back to the still searching podcast it's josh here welcome everybody thanks for tuning in on uh this is our third freaking week of quarantine stay at home orders in california and um Man, it's getting it's getting wild, man. It's it's nuts. Um, I, I have friends that are all over the place. I have friends that are saying this is a giant conspiracy and all kinds of weird stuff. There's a comet coming, um, you know. Just uh, it, it's it's not real. The roads are open, so they can do more human trafficking. Um, aliens like. It's, I, I I have friends who are kind of all over the spectrum and, you know, it, 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 I respect their opinion, I guess, but uh, in the meantime, people are actually dying. So um, yeah, there's that. So uh, I hope everybody's doing all right. Hope everybody's uh, staying sane, living your life as best as you can, given the circumstances. And um, I know it's tough, man, I'm thinking about everybody. Uh so yes, thanks for tuning in everybody. Um last week we did a mental health uh episode and I got some good feedback on it. Um definitely gonna have that conversation again and again and again. I think um Shelly, uh she has so much to say and I was trying to pry it out of her, but she has a lot more to give, trust. Uh, I think Amber and, and her would be good in here at the same time. We can just have a good conversation about that. Amber Rose, if you're listening, holla at your boy. And when this is all over, we got to get you back in here. Um, so, yes, guys, thanks for listening again. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for the support. Props and big love to my dad, of course. Josh Vi, our uh, monthly supporters. If you'd like to support, go to anchor.fm slash still searching. You can support this podcast by giving a dollar a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, whatever you like to keep this show going to bring these stories to you. <clears throat> so today, um, just take a little break on on everything that we're going through, the news, all that craziness. Um, this show just sort of just happened out of nowhere um, with the topic and hip hop. I love hip hop music. Most of you guys who know me, lo- I absolutely love hip hop. It's not even my favorite though. My favorite is is reggae, but next to that is 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 hip hop, and of course rock and roll. But um, I have a friend Dave who who was like, "Yo, you need to have my boy on the show from the Federation and talk about the whole hyphy Bay Area uh, rap music culture." And to be honest with you, I'm not even familiar with it at all. I just didn't grow up in it. It wasn't my thing. I don't know anything about it, so this in this episode we're gonna learn a lot about it. What is hyphy culture? Um, some of the terms that slang is. I feel like this hyphae culture is, is is um if you're not if you don't if you're not from the Bay Area you just you just don't know. It's just all these terms and words that we just do not know. But uh, we're gonna learn that. So we have a special guest, Goldie from. Uh, the Federation and my boy Dave comes in here and I have my boy Ray in here and we just have a good conversation uh, uh, with Goldie about um, the music business, how he got started in the rap game, um, the ins and outs of the business and, and the whole hyphy culture, what that is. So let's jump into this episode with uh, Goldie Gold. Make sure you guys subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. Um, give us a rating too that'll, that'll help us out a lot so alright guys let's jump into this episode with uh, Goldie Gold from the Federation with special guests Dave and Ray
1: alright peace get yeah. no oh, well, naked
0: Look at Ray bobbing his head. He's feeling it. Uh, you could have some girls in there and start dancing. With some booze. <laughs> Dude, this show goes from righteous to ratchet from one week to the other. And then you gotta
1: have to properly balance.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Absolutely. It's uh, Still Searching Podcast. Josh here. I got a couple special guests and a very. Very special guest on the on the line. We're gonna introduce everybody in a second. So I got um I got my boy Ray from the Bay.
2: Yo, yo, yee.
0: yee! I had to bring him on because I'm like, we're gonna do a Bay Area hyphy show. And uh I had to call him, he came through real quick. He's wearing his city shirt, S F hat. And That's I got right. my boy, uh I got my boy Dave, Dime Peace Dave in the house.
2: <laughs> yeah, the former moniker.
0: The former moniker, but you still rock it on your yeah, IG. Yeah, yeah, no,
2: it is. That's that's uh definitely how I was when I w- when I met Goldie. So I'm definitely dime piece Dave.
0: Dime piece Dave. So um, so yeah, so we have a special guest on the line. So so let me just set this up. So Dave is a friend of mine. Um, and we've been friends for a couple of years now. He's actually my tax guy. We're supposed to do a tax episode on the podcast, but it just just didn't happen. But he called me last night. He's like, yo, let's do a show tomorrow about hyphy hip-hop i'm like all right let's do it and he's like my boy's gonna come on he's like this is my boy and he was telling me about it and i was like all right cool 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 so just you know full disclaimer i'm not um i'm not i just it wasn't my thing so i want to learn about it i want to know about i want to learn about the whole hyphy thing and it's kind of funny that i'm from san francisco but my boy dave's here and he has a special guest on the line why don't you introduce him
2: all right josh thank you very much so yeah, uh, me and this man go back at least 12 years, uh, back when I was running around with a video camera trying to make some money in video production, and yeah, so I met up the with- Motherfucker, you were shooting porn! Okay, definitely I was, I was, keeping it real for me, uh, but yeah, so I met up with Goldie Gold of the Federation, and we started uh, doing some video production at that point, and very clear friendship was was sprouted from it, and it's it's been forever since, so- in the history, this is uh, I'd like to introduce Mr. Goldie Gold of the Federation. Oh uh, man, what's that?
1: we in the building live eight hey, Dave. Yeah, remember that one time? Where's that fucking restaurant you took us to? We went ate. I said Jews are really niggas. We ate matzo <laughs> ball soup and fried bologna sandwiches. Man, I oh, felt like oh. I was in the trap.
2: Brent's Deli I took you over to Brent's Deli. Oh, Northridge. Like,
1: <laughs> yep. I like fried bologna sandwiches. This is African taboo.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah, Goldie and Dooney used to stay at my house when I was staying with my grandma for a little while. And when they needed to escape everything going on in the madness of the city, they would come crash at the house on the couch and keep writing music and hanging yeah. out and being able to be productive and lay low.
0: Man, that's dope. It's yeah, like- you,
1: you know how the Hollywood scene. Out of Hollywood scene, get man. Sometimes you gotta when you, when you come from a, a grounded background I and mean, you gotta get away from that shit. That shit to start yeah. taking its toll on you.
0: That's so true, a hundred percent. Especially out here, like you have to get away
2: from it. You have to.
1: Man, I mean, it's cool. You got to, you know, too much anything can make you addict. You find yourself doing some some dumb shit. Trying you know what sound,
2: I mean? And I had the weed. This one was trying to sound hella righteous right now. But. <laughs> yeah.
1: And he had the weed.
2: So, so,
0: it, so, okay. So, man. So Dave, I remember like when we were, when I met you and we are like, Dave, what are you? And he's like, he pulled out his, his star, David. He's like, I'm the Jewish dude that you need in your corner. Like the Jewish accountant dude you need. And it's like, it's cool because like we we just we roll with like all kinds of different people, right? So, it's funny how you guys met. Like,
2: yeah, definitely. So the first time I ever met Goldie was in San Diego, UCSD, at a show. I was doing a live uh, taping performance of their uh, one of their hit songs. Uh, I wear my stunning glasses at night, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how it rolled out from there.
0: Did you did you shoot that
2: video? I did. I did. I yeah, you did shoot. It.
0: I noticed that I watched it today, and it said uh, "Dime Piece Something Production" on the.
2: Yeah, that, so I shot the official video when they actually let us shoot a video and put it out there.
0: Dope, man. dope.
2: Hey, it was so many
1: drugs on that fucking campus that night, man. <laughs> I thought the I thought the hood got drugs. No, the college campus is the dope, man.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That's that's especially the white colleges. They 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 go hard.
1: Oh yeah. Oh man, they got it. They got it.
0: So, um, so, so, uh, Goldie, tell us about yourself, man. I mean, like, how'd you get into the rap game? Um, you guys have been doing this for a long time. Um, so tell me about it.
1: I mean, I've been, I'm 39 now. I've been making music since I was actually, I've actually recorded my first song when I was like three, four years old. Contrary to belief, my uncle was a part of this group. My mom's younger brother, Mac he is a part of a group called BP. It's a barrier rap group. They were signed to 75 girls back when Too Short was signed to 75 girls. That's the label that Too Short was the first originally signed to. Like, they was was rappers, but they was better at street shit. So, you know, they would hit motherfucking studios, rob them for their shit. i will wake up, like, in my junior high years, i will wake up in the, um... In the fucking house, I'm like, what does this, key, this keyboard do? What is this mic for? They'd be like, man, figure this shit out. You know what there I'm is. saying? So <laughs> I've always been around it. So it was like really a hands-on experience. I started off really like getting wet into it, like around my fifth, sixth grade year. Um, I was doing talent shows and shit. Had a little band, had some backup dancers whatnot. Had a group. But I had met Mike Mosley and Sam Bostick. Hmm. And they were city mobbing. They were part of Solar Music Group with um, St. Charles. That was St. Charles label and shit out in the Bay Area. Like, he's like a, the founder of independent music, like pushing out the trunk, and doing it yourself. So a lot of people got their game from Too Short and St. Charles. So this is
0: like so, late late 80s, early 90s?
1: Yeah, this is like late eighty, early 90s, like eighty 88, 89, 90, 91. That's how long I've been in music for, bro. That's crazy. Yeah. So I was under I was under Mike Mosley back then. They would always come get me, take me to the studio and shit back then. But I I suck. I I had the heart to do it, but I sucked. I was a kid, like I didn't know how to like rap on bar and rap on shit. So, you know, it was a it was just a developing process then. Mike Mosley by twist of fate had wound up running across Rick Rock,
2: Lurch. Oh, you took like the biggest leap right At now Dooney. in story, but that's okay.
1: No, but it, 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 it's a segue. It, it's a segue because you got to think back then I was doing talent shows under Mike Mosley back when he was steady mobbing. But then Rick Rock had came out from Alabama. Dooney wasn't out here yet. He had came out from Alabama and he was doing work for the Conscious Daughters.
2: Quick, quick resume so, on Rick. Rick is a producer who produced everyone from Jay-Z to uh, yeah, Will Smith. Rick Rock. To, Rick Rock. The one he, and only Rick the, Rock. The, the big the big beat mm-hmm. from Fabulous with Nate Dogg. The boom, 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 yeah, I can't I, deny
1: it. Um, Jay Z changed the game. Um,
2: so yeah, that's Rick, that's who he's Rock. talking about. That's, that's Rick Rock. That's who he's referring to. Is the the king of Bay Area producing. So back then there were, but back then there were a group
1: called Cosmic Slop Shop. See, Mike Mosley had put me on the back burner for Rick Rock, Dooney and Lurch. Because they have wound up getting a deal with MCA. So you know how that game going. We're not worried about y'all right now. This is small fish. The money's over here. You know what I'm saying? And then by a twist of fate, Rick and Dooney, Lurch wind up splitting, doing catting off, shitting on um, Rick and Dooney. But I go back to say this. I got shot when I was 16. I was rapping, freestyling, battling all this shit out of wheelchair. I got shot when I was in high school. Damn. It was this record shop. This record shop called the Funky Chicken. Shout out to Chauncey um, Banks. Called the Funky Chicken. I used to cut school and shit after school. Go over there, battle for money, all type of shit. You know, just just normal hip hop shit.
0: Yeah, but where's this at? Where's is, is this in East Bay? Fairfield,
1: Calif- Fair Fairfield. Fairfield, California. Fairfield, California. Fairfield, California. Fairfield, California. So, I will be in there battling this shit. Unbeknownst to me, I would see Rick. I would see Rick Dooney around Fairfield. I'm the tightest motherfucking Fairfield. Can't nobody see me in rapping, whatever. Or would they be like, rap for me? <laughs> no, fuck y'all. I'd be like, like, oh, he's full of shit. And I will always see him around town. I'm the hardest. Can't nobody fuck with. It. Be like, rap then. Like, nah, not yet, not yet. So, unbeknownst to the both of us, Chauncey was one of Rick Rock childhood's friends. Chauncey, I used to rap in his store and battle motherfuckers for money inside his record shop. So, one night, Chauncey came to me and was like, I got some cats I want you to perform for. Dooney had... Dooney and Rick had got left by Lurch on a hiatus. He had fucking around left the group Left them fucked off.
2: Man, you're saying the story so nice. If you really want the real truth on the Big Lurch, <laughs> please look it up on the biography. I'm gonna channel get there. No, family. no, this <laughs> is this <laughs> hadn't happened yet. This hadn't happened yet. See? Okay, okay. Dave's Dave's, <laughs> Dave's a historian. He knows everything. Yeah,
1: this hadn't happened yet. This is in 1996, 97, bro. This hadn't happened yet.
2: Okay, fair enough.
1: So, I wind up getting introduced to Chauncey by Rick. And Rick wanted to get introduced to me by Chauncey. When I met in the back of Chauncey's record store, and we didn't, I didn't know who I was going to rap for. They didn't know who was coming to rap for them. So when we met up with each other. I'm like, I got to rap for them. And then Ricky Duny was like, Oh, this motherfucker right here, this bullshit motherfucker. I'm like, okay, now it's time for me to show Prove. I mean, here we are now, two albums later. What, we talking 20 some years later? Here we go. I really showed improved. But, Let's get into the lurch story, man. So,
2: this is a real deal story, guys. Lurch. So I had put your seatbelts on.
1: So I had wound up. I had wound up. Now it's about like ninety-eight, ninety-nine. We're looking for a niche. Rick and Dooney they had um, severed their ties with MCA. We're looking for a niche. I was a part of a group called Ken Smoke, which the police, quote unquote, considered a gang. And Rick and Dooney in battle we together, we were trying to figure out and me and stress, we went to high school together anyways. So that made it even that much more better. We used to battle each other back and forth in high school. So, but we always had a good rapport with the to church together, all the shit. So we wound up creating a federation. Hmm. Lurch comes back around. He leaves Rick and Dooney for a bitch. He leaves them for a bitch. This is a true story. He leaves him for a bitch. So he comes back around. Years later, after we formed the Federation, after we formed the Federation, but he like on some snake shit. He like, uh, yeah. He tried to tell my can't smoke people. Yeah, Rick been fucking us over royalties. He even, all this shit. like, what the fuck you mean? We haven't even signed anything with Rick to even get fucked over royalties. We don't even have a deal yet. You get what I'm saying? So that doesn't even make sense. So Rick winds up shaking him all this shit. Years pass. We dropped the first Federation album. We get a deal with Virgin. We dropped the first Federation album. Lurch still tries to come back around. Eh, no. We know you're a snake. We know you're janky. So he get involved dealing with some cats out in L.A. He get to sign with some blood cats in L.A. Some reputable cats. He gets on Sherm. Now, he's on Sherm's space out his mind. He get to, rest in, peace to the, rest in peace to the family. And my condolences to the family for what he did. And because... I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Gruesome but, story. But Yeesh. so the story it was on Geraldo and all this shit. So the story goes, he wigs out one night and he gets off Sherm, wet daddy, now whatever you want to call he's, it, butt naked. Butt naked. And <laughs> and no then get wet. Yeah, he got bucky naked. So <laughs> he the police find him. Police find him. Running down the street, Lancashire. Lancashire in North Hollywood, gentlemen. Lancashire in North Hollywood. They find him running down the street, butt naked, literally, no pun intended, blood covered over him. They trace him back to his whereabouts, where he was, and they found the young female that he was dealing with at the time. They found her with eye gouged out, lung particles gouged out, Damn. intestines gouged out. They, they found some, They found those type of body particles, organs, in his stomach when they pumped his stomach. So when he came to in the holding cell, he knew what was going on. He was off drugs. So he was on Haraldo all this shit they gave him forever forever for the shit. He's never coming home, I don't believe. I don't believe you will come home you do some shit like that.
2: No, I think he has a really long sentence.
1: Yeah, I think he got like forever ever on top of forever. Divided by forever to multiply by forever. <laughs> he ain't never gets see glad anyway, a day. D-
2: he does have a, a fifty-nine minutes on on the biography channel about it. If you really want to hear the, the the equal story on it, it's
1: pretty. Crazy. Yeah, but that's. It's just man. It's just so much. It's just so. I don't even know where 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 to begin when it comes to the federation because. We need to if they was to do like if they have to do like a biopic on us like how they did New Edition and shit. It would take a minute because it's so many. You can tell it from Rick' perspective. You can tell it from my perspective. You can tell it from Big Kid Boots' perspective. It's just so many angles. You can tell it from how the stories intertwine. It's crazy.
2: So how about this one? You guys tend to tend to uh, notion a couple people on your first album that tend to help you a lot, right? you talk about Gino's little cousin. Yeah. You talk about. uh I'm trying to think. Oh, shout
1: to, my, shout to my, shout to my people, Sammy. He out there in Vegas right now, See? Butter, you know
2: I mean? How about
1: how about uh KT? Oose? Oh, that's my brother. I just talked to him. I talked to KT. Uh, what his birthday was just last week.
2: Couple days. Yeah, last week I talked to him. and shit a couple days ago. Um. So yeah, I'm trying to think about a couple people to to bring it back, but. How about this one, Goldie? So when everything was coming out in the in the beginning of the big hyphy movement and a couple of people really bubbled to the top. I fucking like, hate
1: that word. I fucking hate that word.
2: What?
0: Hyphy
1: movement. The, the, hyphy
2: movement. When you put the movement on it. Okay. Because it's very true. I know. When we came... Look.
0: Goldie, t- tell us about it because like for me, I'm from San Francisco, right? But I grew up, yeah. I moved out here to LA when I was eight or nine. So I yeah. grew up on West Coast, like LA hip hop. You know what I mean? Like, dre snoop dog pound
1: cam all that shit. yeah yeah so i miss most wanted i miss I, I, I grew up on everything
0: yeah yeah so i didn't i didn't really catch that but i know you said you don't like the hyphy movement but can you talk about it because like that from my from my understanding is it's more of like it's a subculture in, in in the bay area right
1: yeah okay so the whole thing hyphy had already been a word originated by Kiki Sneak. It was 10 years prior to us doing the song. It was already, it was just a part of our lifestyle, our culture, how we acted. At that time, Crunk was killing it in the South. Lil John was killing it. We had just got signed to we had got signed to Virgin Records. We didn't have a breakthrough song yet, but we were we were on a major label. So E40 came to us, he came to Rick Rockhouse, him and his brother Muggsy, we were working, he was like, hey, we need to come with an anthem something that represents the bay we need to come with a hyphy we like the one keep in mind the word had already been oh so we like hyphy. we like uh, okay whatever so we start going through beats e40 brother Muggsy picked the beat we like you sure that's the one it's like that's the beat we at rick rock house so we picked the beat i write the hook we write our verses and then we recorded it and E40 and Muggsy was going crazy. Like, man, it's going to be one of the ones. It's going to be the one. Shot the 40 because he's seen the vision. But we're like, whatever. Are you serious? We went and took it to Big Vine over at KML the next day. And the game ain't been the same since. Let
0: mm. me play and a l- little snippet of it real quick.
1: Yeah. So when it comes to Hype, it's like, I hate the song. I love performing it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you probably performed it Dude, you, this for the.
2: So the music many times. is not the music is not the same to be listened to versus seeing them perform it. I don't care what song it is. I'm telling you, I've seen everyone perform throughout my time of watching people perform. No one performs like Federation performs a song. I don't care who it is, okay? Like Rick Ross, weak. Akon's okay. Um David Banner used to throw a pretty good show. Uh, uh, amazingly, when you wouldn't think that one David Banner was pretty good um, But most most people When you watch them do a show Snoop Dogg, whoever, they're really going to stand back. there They're doing their three steps left, three steps right Lean this way, lean this way No one ain't jumping off the of stages No one's getting crazy At that time, no one was linking up With drummers making songs like that No one had I mean, the how, how about the Madden hookup? When you guys had songs on Madden Before anyone did yeah, what was that? Madden, two thousand four. Yeah, you guys had a actually Mayhem off the album. Uh, yeah, Mayhem—the song they made. We 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 redid the um, we redid the last
1: song on the album. Um, John Madden came to us. They, they writers from John Madden came to us. their music department It's like, "Hey, we really like this song. It's a crossover song." And we they like, "Can you make it football? Can you make it about football?" So I went in, rewrote the hook, made it about football, and they threw it on Madden. So it was like. We could have did so much more with EA Sports from like, because, you know, we've been on Def Jam, Icons, Fight Night, but that fucking Writer's Guild, when writers got to complaining, remember when they had that big-ass march down Hollywood? Yeah. About the Writer's Guild, about writers not getting their proper percentages. Okay, so what did they do? Henceforth, Remember, they start having hella reruns until they figured out to some type of agreement, some type of reconciliation, hella shows were being played, reruns, reruns, over and over, over and over. So what do they do? Oh, we'll come with a bright idea. We'll start doing reality shows. The guy, Who's the godfather of reality shows? Flavor Flay. Hmm. He's the one who really set the tone for reality shows. Oh, this, this is man. this is
2: the crossover yeah I mean but this was years before anyone was doing anything like this did anyone notice the range in his voice right there go back like four seconds goldie's doing the the peak the high note and he's doing the low note in the in the accent right below it
1: Mama, I'm a rock star now If I was a white guy I would be a rocker but I'm a black guy so am you know Yeah rapper? I heard it i crazy tear down the rafters. Y M A
2: <laughs> I mean see the, arti- the I- artistic I- range was definitely not appreciated in its time Okay, so let's take that back. Let's take that back to hype to this word hyphy movement. So, okay, hyphy, we're Virgin sends us.
1: Next thing you know, we got this hit. It's just the biggest shit in the Bay. When LA assistant it took over California, and it took over the West Coast. Now, next thing you know, this shit has got us all across the country. We state to state, promo running with it, all this shit. Now, we don't know that back home, this shit has turned and We've created a soundtrack. To the Bay Area culture lifestyle, which sonically took off. So while we on the road and motherfuckers is looking at us like, Hyphy, what's that? We're in Dallas doing shows, San Antonio doing shows, Austin doing shows, St. Louis, um, Detroit, Milwaukee, Chicago, Indianapolis. They just got us everywhere doing these shows and everybody's scratching their head like, Hyphy, okay, it's California. What is this? But now keep in mind, we're on the road. We don't know what's going on back home. So once, mm. once, we, get off, once we get off a promo run, we come back home, we're like, what the fuck have we created? We've created movement. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I feel like, I speak on it in a lot of interviews. I feel like the word movement put an expiration date on mm. the whole thing.
0: Because it's more of a lifestyle
1: exactly so they they put like an expiration they put a time limit on it which now fast forward we have hyphy culture which i'm the brand ambassador for so it's hyphy's never gonna die it's always in the bay it's the ignorance it's the we ain't listening we live we live by our own set of rules we don't fuck the police i mean that's (laughs) what hyphy hyphy really can apply to any walk of life anywhere you just don't have to be from the bay but if you're from the bay
0: it's a special thing. It's just, yeah.
1: It's that energy is just is home. It's like Southern it's like Southern you have Southern Hospitality. Bay Area, you have hyphae. LA you have gangbang culture. Northern California, you have hyphen.
0: Right. You are
2: gonna so, say someday? I was gonna say, so when you came back off that uh off that first promo run, how was the reaction when you got back home?
1: It was like the Beatles had returned. Hmm real shit. It was just like, we was like, what the fuck? We didn't, we didn't know what we were doing, but then, I mean, it opened a lot of, it opened a lot of doors because at that time, the Bay, Bay Area Radio wasn't even playing Bay Area Radio. You know what I'm saying? So it opened up a lot of doors and a lot of avenues for people, but it also allowed a lot of people to capitalize and quote unquote, Try to stake claims and claim jump on shit, which at the end of the day, which is all fine and dandy, because all we did was take what was already there, and we just put a sound. We put a sound to it. That's all we did. We put a we put an actual physical moving body to it. We put a brand to it. So, but at the same time, Rick had us doing like we were about making music. We were already when well, we made the song I, we didn't like it. We still don't like it to this day, like performing it, <laughs> because we were. Rick always had us ahead of the curve. Y'all got to be ahead of everybody else. Y'all got to be, a, you know what I'm saying? He had us on some perfection and shit.
0: Mm. Where's uh, where's Rick? Where's Rick now? He still doing?
1: Oh, he's, oh for, man, for sure. He just um, he actually just did the um, him and Snoop just did the theme song for um. For John Madden, John Madden 20 coming out. He's still he's still doing
2: he's still doing EA music. EA he's music still, uh, yeah. he still does at least one song on every one of Snoop's albums. Mm. So he's yeah. he's definitely busy doing a bunch of other stuff. So yeah. he just did some shit for um he did some shit for um Ace Boogie with a hoodie. He just did some shit for him too. La- well, actually, funny Rick story. So last time I saw Rick, Rick actually came by my house. This was a couple years ago. My son was actually still playing drums and. Logan came out and he was playing drums at his little uh, electronic drum machine. And Rick looks at him and he's like, I know that beat. He's like, how do you know that beat? He goes, I did that at my sixth grade talent show.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny. Because, because you're always playing his stuff. So my kid's sitting he here just playing this
2: beat and like, you know, practicing on it. He was a little older. You might've been like ninth grade. Okay. But yeah, Rick's telling him, yeah, you know, I did that beat in my sixth grade talent show. He goes, eh, keep, keep it up. You'll get there. But uh, yeah, Rick. Last and he was working with Nick Cannon last time I talked to him. This was years ago, though. Yeah, yeah no. that's
1: when um, Nick Cannon didn't even um he had the office over the incredible office over there, off of, um in Studio City, right off of Ventura.
0: Oh, in the in the Valley. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah.
1: around that time. That mm-hmm. was some years
2: back. Yep.
0: Uh, Goldie, who are some of the other Bay Area artists that you guys like look up to or or like peers of yours who you guys who you respect?
2: Man,
1: I don't even know where to begin with that. Uh, of course you got to say MC Hammer. See, people don't understand the way back. What's the, what's the biggest Oakland. who's the who's the biggest motherfucker to come out of out the bay? You got to say Hammer. MC <laughs> Hammer. There's no, there's it, no way around it. You got to think MC Hammer like he changed the game. Like there wouldn't be all this dancing going on. I remember when MC Hammer was dancing and you know the East Coast was dissing him heavy. He was the the laughing stock of everything, but Hammer wasn't no punk. He wasn't no sucker. He was a cold gangster. You've heard Redman third base. A lot of people, not even by nature, tell you stories EPMD about dissing MC Hammer. Oh yeah, you come out here, California. Oh, you got to see him about something about a hundred people. But
0: mm.
1: you got to think, dancing has always been a part of hip hop culture. Right. So back then, when the East Coast was shining him, well, wait a minute. Why are y'all showing MC Hammer when hip-hop was founded on break dancing? Right. So, but is is it because somebody from the West Coast took it and- Did their own did thing, it, yeah. And and took it to a, a whole new height that you would have never thought it could have went to? So MC, I don't see why MC Hammer doesn't get his respect as like a fixture in hip-hop in general.
0: Mm.
1: I love Hammer. I love Hammer to death. But I'm, of course, MC Hammer. Too short, Forty Mac Dre. I mean, I'm from Valle. We all from the same city. Me, Forty Mac Dre, from Valle. Um, JT, the bigger figure, San Quinn, RBL Posse, three times crazy. Um, I met I keep going, Richie man. Rich. But everybody, but some of my biggest influences. Came from the East Coast. I started off what rock Kim microphone feed. I used to think I was a little motherfucker beating up the speaker with the um with the bat. <laughs> EP you guys to chill. You guys to chill. Um, I could say Black Moon, the whole boot camp. Click, Helter Skelter, Smith mm, and Wesson, yeah, 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 All down Wu Tank Clan, Jerry the Damage. Boot it. camp
0: click, uh, That's dope.
1: See, Ill Al Scratch. Um, they forgot about N.I.M.E. man. I can keep going. Poor righteous teachers. Black sheep. Man, I don't even know where they be. <laughs> Leaders of the new school. Come on, man. Just yeah. every everybody down the whole list, man. Diamond D and them.
0: Man, that's a nice list. I some of the, some of my favorite Bay Area guys that I got into much later in life were like obviously Hyro, So Souls of Mischief, um, Equipto.
1: Oh, you can't forget about them. You can't forget about Hyro. Can't right. forget about them.
0: Absolutely. Z Man, White Mike. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: And it was man, is it's weird because I was influenced by so many di from LL Kumo D to, you know what I'm saying? Just the local artists that were around here in the Bay Area. It's just my influence came from so came from so many different angles. I started off listening to a lot of. I was influenced by the East Coast. So I was just so on um, like hip hop. Wow! But of course, you're gonna you're gonna have to hear where you're at. You know what I'm saying? Bay Area, there's nowhere around that. But I didn't always... I never thought inside the box. I always thought further outside the box.
2: So, Goldie, uh, let's g- let's go back to the album history. What happened between the first and the second album? Man,
1: for me telling it... Um,
2: Virgin th- dropped... Because this is kind of where I showed up into the play.
1: Virgin kind of like, they didn't know it was new to them. So they didn't know how to really, they didn't know how to promote it and move forward with it. And you know how with labels, when they get to doing the firing the hiring, the same people that start off with you at these labels, they have the vision and then they switch their whole internal format up. And then some people come along and they say, oh, okay. They don't have the same energy and the same push behind it. So in the process of us parting ways with Virgin, we were on the we were on the verge of going independent. We we're like we don't give a fuck. We're from the Bay. We not to we not to go independent. This before my this before MySpace. This MySpace that came around, but it wasn't Facebook yet.
0: Right.
1: Soldier Boy, Soldier Boy hadn't figured out the niche on how to make the internet work and would interact with the music. So we were in the studio working on our second album.
2: And <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put that up on you right there. Yeah. This is the story. If you listen to this song, this is their story this of virgin. This is the story of Virgin.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Straight up, went right at him.
1: Yeah, so it's like they didn't they didn't know how to market and promote. Pay music, but matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you what. What the fuck they were doing? The Virgin was trying to send motherfuckers to the moon for a million dollars. That's what. They, <laughs> that's what they was trying to do. Remember when they was a, oh when they was telling celebrities you can um you can fucking buy a million dollar trip to orbit. You can go into space and orbit the fucking planet. Some right, shit right, right. for a million bucks. They more focused on that shit than the music side of things. Yeah. man, stick to your guns. you your fucking music. Y'all got Virgin Airlines and all this shit going on. Y'all thinking y'all the fucking right, brothers. Man, stick the music. <laughs>
0: you
1: get what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, Richard Branson.
1: Yeah, so exactly. So we're in the studio working on the second album. we like, fuck it. we work on the second album. Tom Wilder, the executive, the head over Warner Brothers. He comes to the studio like Def Jam. They came to us. A couple other labels they came to was Columbia, but then... He just so happened to be in Los Angeles while we were mixing. He came through to the studio and he was like, well, what are y'all working on? And then Rick got on the mixing board and pulled up the shit that we was working and mixing and playing. And he was like, he signed us on the spot. He was like, no, I need y'all. Y'all not going nowhere else. We need y'all. And that's how we wound up signing the Warner Brothers.
0: Hmm. And that's that. So that's when you came in.
2: That's kind of uh, just after that's when I came in. They already had the Warner <laughs> deal. They were done with the album. They were waiting for clearance for one particular special song. Ah! <laughs> I can <remember>. And <laughs> and, and, th- and, <laughs> that, and that's when Dave actually kind of showed up in the scene. Because they had just kept doing promo, 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 promo to try to stay alive while they were right. dealing with the clearances. Now, without getting into too much legal details the demands of the artists that needed to get released were never going to get reached. Am I right, Goldberg? I
1: can speak on it. Fuck Corey Hart. He's a hoe and a
2: half. There you go. <laughs> hey, I can do what are you going to do. Sue me? <laughs> Shit. So this has been from the 80s. Thought he was going to get another record album again. Yeah. There, or let me or break our House down. in Canada. No, let me... No, no, no,
1: no, no. Let me break it all the way down. Okay. Okay. So... Rick comes So we're with this we're learning
0: idea. real quick we're, we're learning some of the in, the industry the business right now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, what we're giving if they if they listen to the story they'll they'll get educated on how the industry really works. How this is, it's a, it's a pigeonhole full of shit. Mm. So so Rick comes with this idea. He plays the live notation everything. There's nothing sampled. We're going to get Marty James to sing the hook, recreate it. Rick like I got this idea. I wore my glasses tonight. And it was a Corey Hart remake. I wore my sunglasses that night. Right. There was no, there was not one, a single sample in it whatsoever. Rick played everything live. He went in, found the sounds, played everything live. So when it was time for us to release it, he wouldn't clear it. They flew him, they cut him. Warner Brothers cut him a blank check, told him, name your price. They flew him. He was in... He was in London. All day, Federation. He was in London, right? They flew him out from London to Detroit. They cut the man a blank check. They're like, what do you need to do to get this shit clear? This guy says, well, look at it like this. Look at it like Bruce Springsteen. Would he sell his baby? Would he give his baby up? So we like, wait a minute. What are you talking about comparing yourself to Bruce Springsteen? So I sit down with the board, I sit down with the execs and everybody over at, at Warner Brothers, and I'm like, since he wanna compare himself to a Bruce Springsteen, which he could never hold a light to, think about it like this. Hey, can y'all hear me very well?
0: Oh, yeah. we hear you
2: great. We hear you.
0: Okay, think Sorry, about, they, think they, about they it. they like put it this. on real quick. He put on the okay. song.
1: Now I'm just making sure I'm making sure yeah. the list so y'all can hear. Me. No, we're good. So Ray, I thought it like
0: flashbacks. This. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Okay, since he want to compare himself to Bruce Springsteen, I remember, I recall, a group by the name of Two Live Crew doing a song called Band in the USA. Mm-hmm. And they were fighting for, and you know, Luke, he actually created the parental advisory sticker. So he made history with that. Don't you think that Two Live Crew, Uncle Luke, had to clear that? with Bruce Springsteen. Because Born in the USA was the original song. Right. And that's a that's still a, a, a national anthem hit. That's still a hit. You get what I'm saying? To this day. So don't you think he had to clear that with Bruce Springsteen? Since you want to compare yourself to Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> so... We went through the whole shit. He was just being stubborn. No, 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 no. He's being stubborn. So we were allowed to play it. Like radio could play it. We could perform it. We just couldn't commercially release it. We couldn't barcode it, watermark it. So mm. we went in. We went in with orchestras, bands, different vocal coaches, everything. We changed notes. We tried to make it a parody, kind of like how Weird Al Yankovic would do a song. Right. We tried to classify the parody. He was nope, nope, nope. He wouldn't budge. So we're like, all right, motherfucker, it's cool. So that everybody wanted to hop on the remix of that song because it was still playing on the radio from Puffy, to Fat Joe. Everybody wanted to get on it, but once we couldn't get the clearance, like Warner Brother kind of like stepped away from us, man. I, and that's honestly really what happened because they were just they, like, they were, just
0: like just stop like working they, with yeah, you
1: guys yeah they were banking on that one song we had did the happy i met you with snoop that was cool it got some kind got some crossover review but they were putting all the eggs in the basket mm. on stunting glasses at night and black so roses once, was too early yeah it was too early so once that once it came out they kind of just pushed us out and then they wound up firing the staff, doing all type of weird shit, brought in fucking... Then they tried to get us under the Urban Department, Urban Department folded, Rock Department, you know, Madonna, she had um shit going over there. Stu Stone, Jamie Kennedy, they had their own subsidiary deals over there. They just started doing hella weird, wacky shit within the office. They brought in Kevin Black, he came in from the East Coast. I don't know what... um. What label he had came from, but you know when East Coast motherfuckers come in, when from other labels and shit, all mm-hmm. or, or they come in riding their reputation. Thinking the reputation is going to make shit move. So it was just, it was unfortunate, and we had to part our ways with Warner, Brothers. Warner Brothers. Everything, everything was a, it was a learning experience. I wouldn't take none of that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I wouldn't tell a person to not sign because who in their right mind? If you come from the inner city struggle and you come from nothing, you come from the hood. Why would you not sign? It beats selling dope. It beats taking your chance of going to prison or going to jail or winding up in a coffin. Why? If this is what you do, you make music and you got an opportunity, you're talented enough and blessed enough to get a deal, why wouldn't you take it? You idiot. I I don't get that when artists tell other artists that. Because like, I love Young Dolph. But when Young Dolph was like, oh, I ain't signed. I did this without a label. No, you've been signed to a label the whole time, motherfucker. Hmm.
2: So you're saying the same with pub deals, everything? Take every deal they'll throw at you. Man, if you got an opportunity to better yourself,
1: why wouldn't you take an opportunity to better yourself? I'm not saying do your due diligence. Don't be dumb about it. Don't just, if if somebody waving a piece of meat in your face and you eat top ramen, I'm not saying jump up and grab a piece of meat. I mean, if you're already feeding yourself, you're already feeding yourself. But if the situation is better and it legally makes sense go for it why wouldn't
0: you
1: mm-hmm. well, I, I don't see why artists say that mm-hmm. I don't I don't get artists to tell other artists oh fuck that don't take a deal fuck a deal yeah. why wouldn't you oh maybe it's because you weren't good enough to get a deal how mm-hmm. about that
0: one <laughs> yeah 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 then you got like people like Chance right who, who they just go completely independent even though they have yeah. labels trying to
2: what's that Nipsey yeah Nip
0: right doing it doing your own thing but the music industry has changed so much though and that's kind of like in that time that time frame it just started to change right in, in those in the 2000s late 2000, 2007 yeah. 2008 they're
1: not giving they're not giving out joint venture deals no more they give it 360 deals 360 see, deal every, is like the, the worst we were, deal you
0: can get right that's what i heard yeah
1: we we were that's horrible we were like you might as well go sign to a pimp that's that's selling holes in the corner <laughs> <laughs> that's not for reals might as well, but that's what we were blessed to sign joint venture deals because if anything went wrong, we can opt out. We can leave. We don't owe y'all shit.
2: Mm. If anyone needs a job, you can shout out Doja. Doja will take care of you. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> yeah, man.
2: <laughs> can you
0: can you talk about a 360 deal? What exactly is that for those who may not I mean, know? I mean,
1: I really couldn't. The most I could tell you about 360 deal, all I know is that these motherfucking labels is getting part of your merch, your show money, and that's how you really eat. You got to think. If right. They you, you sign in advance, they advance you over some money. You got to pay that back regardless. It's an advance. We're not just giving you nothing. Right. It's, an, it's an advance.
0: It's an advance on you your know? own, whatever you're going to put out.
1: Flights, hotel rooms, travel. You're going to have to pay that back. Your money is supposed to be your show money, your merch, and your features. Now, if you give me an advance and you're getting... In return, you're getting percentages of my show money, and my merch, and my feature money. Well, damn, where's the room for me to eat at?
2: Wendy Wendy Day wrote a book. Uh, do you remember the name of it, Goldie? Man, I I can't remember the name of it. I I, I, I barely I mean, remember. You know it. what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. So this lady this lady named Wendy Day, she wrote a book actually about 360 deals and mm-hmm. music business in general. She was the one that put the original deal together for Cash Money Records. And I heard her at a at a seminar. Actually, it was at where was, I was in Houston at the what the hell was that? I went with Fatal Mac. The um some award show oh the Ozone Awards for an old magazine that for a magazine from hip-hop. And they had like a symposium and she was up talking about it and
1: she Damn, that's actually, so
2: far back. That's crazy. Yep. And she was um, talking about how, in the deal that she originally made for cash money, they were still uh, accounting for cassette sales. Mm. And because when the cassettes had turned into CDs, they had to actually go back to the original contract and amend it for the amount of sales they should have had and convert the, C- the CD sales, <laughs> cassettes to CDs, CDs and stuff like that. So, yeah, all this stuff is interchangeable. But it was, for me, that part of the business was very interesting.
0: Yeah, Wendy that, Day. That, that's shout interesting out, to me sh- too. Shout like, out
2: Wendy Day. I forget the name of the book, but it's about the original Cash Money deal.
0: Wow, that's that's really interesting. I like all that stuff—the business side of it, like the numbers and equi, like doing the conversions and like now it's everything is streaming, right? Like I heard, I have friends who are in the music business, but they're like, man, it, it's it's just as bad, if not worse, now. Yeah, it. it really, okay, with streaming.
1: You got to think. You're getting paid. Since by the what I believe is by the minute for your streams so it's like really how do you really determine that you know what I'm saying I mean it's cool if you got something on iTunes or Amazon you can actually go buy it. you're paying 99 cents a song okay I get that say you drop 10 songs you pay 99 cents a song right. fuck it say so you're getting 899.99 say so you say you ship 10 bucks the money's still translating, but it's not like you was getting at 14, 15, 70, 99, but yet still still translating. Now you mean to tell me, okay, off a of YouTube play, I'm only getting X amount of I get a million, I get a million views, a million spins. I'm only getting what?
0: Yeah. Pennies on the dollar, right? Or like
1: Yeah, you <laughs> Yeah, you're getting pennies on the dollar, bro. So it's like that's not adding up, especially if you do a 360 deal with a label. You might as well go through and do it yourself. Sign up to a tune Core. Sign it to one of you, know what I'm saying? But it, it's crazy. It's crazy, bro. It, the climate's definitely changing. It helps, but it hurts because it's easier for you to get your music out, just like we're shooting videos. You remember when videos used to cost million-dollar budget, $300,000 budget. Shit, I got a video camera right here. I got a DG, DJI Osmo Pocket 3. Right. I can shoot a video whenever. And you don't really need too much. You need a couple hundred dollars for some props and shit and whatnot. Probably play pay some big booty bitches to come shake their ass. <laughs> that's, Other than that.
2: And that's why I started doing taxes again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, it's like really it's nothing. What's
0: what's the state of oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What's the state of, of Bay Area hip hop right now?
1: Um, we're we're thriving. We're thriving. See, the Bay, we're the home of independent. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the rest of everybody in the music industry that's independent making money should be paying homage to us. Any artist should be paying homage to Northern California because basically what was a mixtape? Showing you how to sell your shit out the trunk. Hmm. So it's a compilation. That's what we call them, compilations. So like y'all gotta pay we're our own world. we're always gonna thrive in it, and we're gonna flourish. you gotta think we have one of the top four radio markets in America. We have cameo you get what I'm saying so we're always gonna have some type of industry shine, but they're never gonna the industry's never gonna give us our uh or do our just do. We'll never get our just do, but that all depends on the artist and how we conduct our business. And how we take our craft series.
2: So Ray's been here. He's been listening. He's been really quiet, but he's like a a fan who's lived in the Bay Area. Ray, you got anything you want to ask or any like questions?
0: Yeah, I
1: just wanted to know because um, you know I spoke to Josh and and um, you know I grew up listening to you guys years ago, and I told him you know I was kind of wondering what happened, what happened with you guys, and 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 what are you guys doing now? I mean, Good you know, you got. You got to fall back. See, one thing that the internet and social media has created, they created this thing called the refresh button. And in life, in this music thing, hey, hit the refresh button. Mm-hmm. You can convince yourself. If that doesn't work, hit the refresh button. Right now, I'm the brand ambassador for Hypey Culture. It's going to be a movement that's going to take over. Now, this is going to be a true definition of a movement. But, like, of course, I got my um, I got my distribution deal with Empire Records. Shout out to Ghazi furious over there i'm still a signed writer to sony atv shout out to sony atv so it's just really learning the business part we got the music part mastered now it's learning the business business. so we've been i've been having fun learning the business so and like i'm an engineer so i'm always going to be involved in music i'm always behind the scenes Writing, featuring, doing something over here. Just got another song on Cameo right now. This artist named Kedra, the senior singer, singer artist I featured on. So that's been getting, a, it's been picking up, getting a lot of buzz. But it's just, just been behind the scenes work, and you know, course stress, doing a lot of hooks, three forty, dropping his independent stuff, dropping his solo shit. Rick of course working behind the scenes, fit from Fifty Cent to Snoop to you name it. We just, we've been working. As, Still It's not grinding. called divide and divide. It's called divide and conquer for a reason. Yeah, we're still all together. Everything's a beautiful thing. Still be- working. Yeah, I, I got to come get this work. Volume two and three coming out very soon. It's just this whole coronavirus bullshit just messed up my whole promo run. I was supposed to be a South by Southwest. All right. type of shit. had a lot. Of, had a lot of momentum going. All you that stuff what I'm got
0: put on hold. Everything just got. Yeah, down. good.
1: Good thing I didn't drop anything because it would have been like hustling backwards. Okay, I didn't all this shit. Got this momentum going. Now I can't do nothing.
0: Mm. Let me ask you a couple of questions. We're going to wrap up in the next couple of minutes. I want to ask you, uh, what are some of these Bay Area terms mean? <laughs> I got a couple that I was like, "All right, what's what's this? What what's what's sideshow?"
1: Um, a sideshow is a gathering of <laughs> ignorant of ignorant urban people shutting down intersections, preferably main <laughs> streets, more than likely. Freeways, Bay Bridge, <laughs> and just, you know, the demonstration of everybody think they're Andre Andretti, you know, <laughs> and Mari Andretti, everybody, right. everybody think they Jeff Gordon Adele Dale Earnhardt Jr., you know, just donuts. Donuts in the, the street. Fishtails smoking them up, you know, just, it used to be, it used to be a good gathering, but now Sideshows, and it got a little bit violent and shit. You know, oh, they, took the they took the fun out of it.
0: What's was Functions?
1: Oh, it's a function. You go to a function. That's the party. That's the club where the hoes be at. <laughs> you feel know?
0: me? Oh man, what's a thuder?
2: <laughs> I don't know. Oh
0: what? A, a thuder?
1: <laughs> a thotter
0: Not a thotter Let me see. I just looked up a couple of like Bay Area terms. What's what's this?
1: Oh, this that's Matt Dre in there, man. That's a, that's the EPO. The E. Yeah, that's the EPO. That's ecstasy. MDMA.
0: Uh, so when you're done, when you're done, <laughs> Dave's asking me a question. Uh, what's catting off? I heard, I heard E40 say that. Catting okay,
1: off. see, see, catting off could be a good thing. See, catting off is like a double-edged noun, object, adjective. See, you could be like, oh man, I was over there with the bitch last night, and my I got so drunk, my dick didn't work, man. I was catting off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or it could be like yeah man. I was over there at the wooty woo woop whoop yeah, man, that shit was so fun. I got the cat and I was oh man you was over there catting off, huh yeah, I was over there catting off enjoying myself, so it could be or catting and could be like, man, what the fuck is you doing you fucking up, you catting off, so you it depends on
0: yeah you it depends it on what si-
1: it depends on what situation you're using it in
0: <laughs> that's dope last one um let me see, let me look this up let me see what's uh what's turfing
1: um turfing is that's turf dancing you know that's the that's our culture you know the young ones getting out there street corners you know out there just doing things showing off their dance skills that's turfing that's dope
0: uh let me ask you a question can you tell me a story about about our our mutual friend here dave something crazy something funny
1: I mean, nah, they Dave always been, a Dave, he ain't never did no wild shit around me. He's been around some wild shit, and he didn't budge. He goes say like, <laughs> like, you really, you really fuck with this shit. Like, we didn't have some real niggerish activities going on for <laughs> Crenshaw on 43rd. He didn't been out there with me. Sean, That's, he told me he
0: that. told me he was out there on yeah, Crenshaw on 43rd.
1: Dave done, done been around the eye of the storms with the wolves and the hyenas, man, and he didn't budge. And you know what? They loved him for it. Because he, because they see no fear. They see he felt right at home. He felt comfortable. When most motherfuckers would be like, man, get me out of here. What the, where the fuck do you got me at? This is the shit that they talk about. Don't come to. This is side of the 10. No. I'm not <laughs> supposed to be on the side of the 10. You get what I'm saying? David one. And I always loved that. And he, he never tried to be hard. He never tried to be gangster. He was just genuine himself. And anybody can respect that wherever you come from, whatever community, whatever hood, whatever gang you come from. When a motherfucker's just being their self, down to earth, genuine, you can go anywhere.
0: Mm. He's
2: a good dude.
1: Period, man. And I crack a motherfucker head wide open about
2: day. Mm. <laughs> That's good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right, Goldie. Um, man, it's already almost an hour, bro. Thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure. Uh,
2: yeah, man, it only feels like we've been talking for fifteen minutes. I know it went by quick. Hey, so I know water, you got water. a bunch. You know you got a bunch of stuff out there going on. What do you want to plug, Goldie?
1: Um, you can check out my clothing line page, Weirdos Wear, at Weirdos Wear with an S on Instagram. Um, check out Hyphy Culture on Instagram. Um, just a lot going on. I'm trying to get these sponsorships behind me. Just trying to. Once we get off this Heineken flu lockdown, you know what I mean? We can go back to normal and business will be back to usual. Shout out to Shoe Palace. I got a lot of good things in the making going on with them behind the scenes. Shout out to John Murcho over there, the whole family. Love y'all. They look out for me.
0: Nice. Cool. Goldie. Thank you, brother. Yo, Oh man. Appreciate y'all for
1: having me, man. Appreciate the hospitality.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for educating us. Uh, I got a, a, a wide range of listeners, man. And, and, uh, they're going to learn that Bay Area hyphens yeah. oh, on this one. Oh,
1: tell them tell right now on Spotify, all streaming platforms. Go get, come get this work, volume one, Pussy and Poems. is out right now. You can download it. Come get this work, volume one, Pussy and Poems, volume two and three coming soon. All right, cool.
0: We'll plug it. We'll put it in the show notes. Come get it's this work. It's all good, bro. <laughs>
1: all right, brother. Thank you. One, bro. Appreciate y'all. All
0: right, man. Peace.
1: One. <laughs> All right. Got a pair, maybe look like Spider Man. Same color of the pepper called Cayenne. At night, <laughs> no sun, don't need a tan. Old school, like a string. The Iliad is dead, the odyssey is over Found God within me, started searching for Jehovah What you searching for, where you focus at If it's happiness, no one can give you that It flows from within, it knows all your sins You can never win, being envious of other men Covetousness is such a sin Wanting what other people have has become a trend But don't bow down to the dollar bill, y'all Commercial consumerism is trying to kill y'all I'm trying to heal y'all